Welcome to Nipe Story. This podcast brings you audio versions of short story fiction from Kenya and our African continent. I'm your host, Kevin Mwachiro. And on this episode, we are featuring Wangi Mwara and his debut short story, Reimagining Freedom. Lo, 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 your boat, lo, 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 your boat, gently down the stream, gently down the stream, melily, 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 life is but a dream, life is but a dream. The tune, despite my ancestors making sure I am unable to pronounce its many R's, the tune keeps going through my body. This body that has been in this numb state of discovering loneliness. The tune, the words and the memories of energy we put into dramatizing the rowing are forcefully chanting my body into reimagining all this. To reimagine it with a child's innocence of stumbling, picking themselves up and stumbling again. Then crawling to the pool of water where they discover a new freedom. It's been four days of being stuck indoors with the morning bird watching me in the window. And I have realized that the dawn is pink and not red or yellow as our lying teachers told us. This, together with the late afternoon sunbathing on the veranda and then listening to the night's return with its darkness and the crooked voices of its frogs and crickets have been the only satisfying ritual. This is all weird and contrary to what I was expecting. To be honest, I'm not sure I had thought past this right. But if I unconsciously did, it sure was not supposed to turn out this way. Behind the perimeter wall, I can hear my sister playing Kati and Banya with our... Oh, wait, I might refer to them as our mates or my former mates. I'm so tempted to go join them. Honestly... I would die to even go for football, a game I previously never desired to participate in, always choosing to participate in more feminine games like Kati, Banya, Kamba, Mawe, and other non-gender specific games like Chamamana Baba, where I would either be the child or the priest officiating marriages. This was one of the reasons for the Chalidem nickname that haunted me from class 4 to class 7. The other reason for the nickname was the sharp soprano, which I am happy is slowly fading away, though a scratchy bass has formed in its place. This means I no longer hit the high notes of praise and worship songs at assembly, such that by the time I was finishing school last month, I had lost the de facto choirmaster title that had been a source of pride for so long. At least the head teacher was good enough to let me keep the green school choirmaster badge. Taking it away would really have killed me. The last four days have been weird. As all I can do, or should I say, all I've been allowed and expected to do is wait for food to be served, eat and sleep. It feels weird. I miss the kitchen, the sweet gossip with mama that I knew for sure made the food tastier. No way on earth food will taste bad when you make it between gales of laughter from the juicy details your child is sharing about your neighbors. Mama now cooks and serves alone. The food, to be fair, is still sweet. I mean, I have had well-spiced liver stew with kienyeji vegetables for the last three meals. There has also been the njahe, which Kenyans on Twitter like to wage war against, terming it 
prison food. My home remains loyal to Njahe, and I am now aware that culture dictated it as the food for this season, after the rite. The television shows have become boring and disorienting. Those two weeks of missing my favorite soap operas are to blame. I mean, how come Paloma has already married and been widowed by Naki? Is this truly the storm of a paradise we were following to see? Then there are the weird eyes. The man of the house gives a look that shouts abomination when I try to express interest in the shows. Interestingly, the man of the house has always seemed to enjoy them, though from a distance as he is always feigning sleep on his brown, slowly crumbling sofa when the shows come on. Everything else is tedious. Seconds are longer than minutes while minutes have become hours, and I can't help but wonder if this truly is the adulting that we looked forward to, ushered in by the knife. Now that I am here, I find myself questioning why Kinodia seemed to enjoy this period last year. I remember how he walked through the neighborhood, chest high, with sagging sweatpants and crocs, not even caring to say hi to us small boys, turning around and casting us away when we followed him. All of a sudden, introverted Kinodia had gained friends who are always hanging around in baggy grey sweatpants, sleeveless red and black basketball t-shirts, and black velvet head wraps, roaming the estate for a super, as they called the girls, with their phones loudly blasting the latest from Chronics and Vibes Cartel. To affirm their Odiwamta titles, they would blast Gengeton tunes loudly proclaiming Wamlambes, Wamnyonyes, Wamlambes, Wamnyonyes, Wamlole, right along with the musicians to show their prowess in the new Sheng. They would also openly talk of the wasupa they had crushes on, sometimes sending us to pass the Nimekunoki messages to them when their mothers were around. Kinodia also started taking Fagi at the Moshi corner by the stream and drinking Blue Moon and Konyagi. The girls' phones, including Mokiri, who until then had been the quiet, tall estate girl, now blasted Nicki Minaj's diamonds and lemonade. Listening along were the likes of Mukwe and Ndanu, who previously were staunch Christians. They could not bear listening to names like Beyonce, Michael Jackson, and Rihanna, and were always quick to remind anyone who trespassed in that direction that those were evil people. Their songs, such as Umbrella, being a request to be covered by outside spirits of Illuminati. Suddenly, Kinodia, his friends, and the girls were also always at the library, with no books, but their smartphones and earphones, sucking the slow Wi-Fi, watching bad manners. I suspect they had taken Chamamana Baba father if the PDA happening was anything to go by. They were also there for the library garden aesthetic. Facebook pictures had to be taken for their fellow Kapupu, Kasusu, Rastagal, Machunyekundu, Nakidole Mchuma. At the estate, whenever they saw us playing, they would pretend we were never friends and any effort at conversation from us would turn to them teasing us for putting on shorts like the VPs we were. Apparently, their Twitter masculinity teacher told them that shorts expose smelly VP knees. On this note, I really miss the freedom of my short shorts. The joy of the wind on my thighs, the opportunity to color the world with my rainbow socks, and the satisfying joy of showing off the bum, for small bums matter too. 
freedom really looks beautifully different to us all. For now, let's step outside and take a walk around. Oh my, is that Mama Imani? Why is she smiling? <laughs> I mean, for years, she would accuse me and my friends of disturbing her chickens and stealing her tree tomato fruits. Seeing her walk towards me like the innocent nun was unbelievable. Innocent nun was our nickname for her because of her ever-hanging rosary. I can't imagine she's the same woman who notoriously washed us with hot and dirty water whenever we would play outside her house. See, her house was at the corner, meaning there was more space outside. But she was a firm believer that children should grow up inside their houses, reading books and doing chores while being loved by God and man like her Imani who never left the house unless she was going to school or to the shop and would get offended by hearing us playing close by. Well, Mama Imani just said hi to me, which is truly unlike her. Oh, wait. Am I now mature to be greeted by the likes of her? Wait, <laughs> is that Moturi over at the corner? I thought he doesn't come back until next week. Thinking of it now... It is funny, and I am not sure I'll be able to hold myself. You see, when Moturi joined us in class 5, he told us he had already undergone the rite the previous year. We were all so intrigued, and we really respected him. That's too much courage at 9 years old. All we had been told was how painful it is, how most would bite their t-shirts to avoid crying at the first injection. Moturi's story was that when he was in class 4, he and his friends had applied the milk from this plant often used as a fence. We used this milk to glue our torn books, but they applied it on their organs. The effect was that it caused complications warranting the removal of the foreskin. We were all tempted to try the plant on ourselves, but for most of us, even with the desire to be termed as mature, we were not ready for the said painful injections. Seeing Moturi now, I painfully remember how he almost killed me in class 6 when I, out of fury because he insulted me Kehe, also called him Kehe, which is the worst name you can call a circumcised man in this part of the country. Hmm. Even though the right has lost much of its aura, my dad's generation refers to it with nostalgia. The singing and dancing, with the girls fighting over you, the waking up at dawn to freeze in the village river, and the joyous ceremony that would follow. My dad and his generation firmly believe that the cut, which happened to me in just five minutes, not at the river, but at a converted school hall, had united me with my ancestors. As I continue walking down the road, all my heart yearns for is the freedom of my short shorts, the freedom of playing brikicho, hide-and-seek, with my baby sister and our neighbors. The freedom of chasing Mama Imani's hands around and stealing her sweet tree tomatoes. The freedom of being a kihei. To low, low my boat to freedom that will make this life a dream. Lived through daily imaginations of freedom outside the limits of being a circumcised man. Such freedoms will surely have to be contrary to what my dad and the male society imagines for us but perhaps they are still worth pursuing. Perhaps in that freedom, I will also find the courage to sing my L's for R's with no shame. 
Low, low, low your boat gently down the stream. Melily, 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 life is but a dream. Reimagining Freedom was read to you by Mugambi Nviga and written by Mwangi Maura. This is Mwangi's first piece of fiction and we're really excited to support this new aspect of his literary work. By name, he's a researcher in Kenya and his work has been published in academic journals, continental blogs including Africa is a Country, Review of African Political Economy and various Kenyan newspapers. And if you have a piece of short story fiction that is between 750 and 4,500 words that you'd like us to consider, please email nipestorypodcast at gmail.com. We'll be happy to have a look at it. Nipe Story is available to download wherever you get your podcast from and please tell your networks about this podcast. You can follow us here on SoundCloud, on Facebook, we are Nipe Story and on Twitter, our handle is Nipe underscore story. Thank you for listening. Nipe Story is a finger piano production.